Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey guys, welcome back to the Rick Shields Golf Show podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Rick Shields. I'm here with co-host Guy, episode number 103. How are you, pal? Did you have a good weekend? I did. Um, went to the gym. Nice. And ate brownies and ate all the trick-or-treaters treats. <laughs> there was no treats or trick-or-treaters. I um, said to you before off camera, but Abby went out and left me at the house. Yeah. And she had, like, near the front door, a big bowl full of uh, sweets and stuff, Malwams and refreshers and nice. you name it. And I'd been to the gym, and I was getting upstairs, getting into the shower, and there was a large knock at the door. And I could tell it wasn't, like, cute kids. It was kids that, like, mid-teens, maybe yeah. even too old to be out trick-or-treating. Yeah. The rule of thumb is, I think, if you're old enough to be out on your own, you're too old to be trick-or-treating. Yeah. I could go That's with that. That's fair. Yeah. So I didn't answer the door. Okay. <laughs> it was obviously I was in the upstairs light was on, the downstairs light was on. I felt a bit mean, <laughs> to be fair, but I... Uh, Jumped in the shower after the gym, felt good about myself, and then went downstairs and ate probably a third of the bowl of sweets. Wowzers. That's uh, that's that's good going. Yeah. It's really so. good going. I uh, This weekend, I mean, very different trick-or-treating. I went out with the kids trick-or-treating. I find it a really weird concept. So mm-hmm. I, I can't get my head around it. Um, Americans, you've... you've You've certainly put your stamp of Halloweenness over here in the UK right now because it's got bigger than ever before. I'm still not sure about it. All year long, I tell my kids, don't talk to strangers, don't get sweets from strangers. <laughs> and for one night a year, it's absolutely acceptable to knock on strangers' door and ask for sweets. Yeah, it is weird. Very strange concept. Uh, but I was out trick-or-treating with the kids and had a good night, actually. It was quite fun. Um but we had lots of trick-or-treaters at the house, and my wife stayed at the house, and we had a big bowl. By the end of the night, it was pretty much gone because we decorated the house. Yeah, so people knew. See, that's another rule, I think. Trick-or-treating, you should only really oh. trick and treat, trick-or-treat at houses that are showing Correct. love for the festival, for Correct. the time of year, whatever it might a be. A pumpkin, a bit of, bit of lights, whatever it I may be. nothing. Exactly. <laughs> if a house has nothing, don't knock. Yeah. Simple as. Um, but yeah, I we talked about last week how we were different mindset and trying to get healthier mm-hmm. and not be on our phone more, as much. This weekend, I did half of that. I worked out. I spent loads of time on my phone. I ate and drank, ate and drank like a king. Did you? So, yeah. Why Why did the... F- I can get the eating and drinking because didn't have friends around. Yeah. What, why the... F- how did the phone creep back in? I don't know. Have you got TikTok back? No. Good. TikTok's not, got, not there. What, what's been consuming your time on the phone then? Weirdly, YouTube watching more yeah but not nothing really golf just i don't even know what i've been watching i just ended What's up watching the screen stuff. time saying it's bad well i just had a notification on a minute ago about my screen time it said last week i was on average on on screen time five hours three minutes 
on average per day. Yeah. It's a lot, that, isn't it? Mine's three hours ten. I got that same notification an hour ago. So I've never had this on before, so it's gonna be a it's gonna be interesting. So this week I'm gonna try and beat I'm gonna try and go sub five hours <laughs> a day. Christ. When you think of that, it's a long time, isn't it? It's a long time. Certainly when you've got kids and you're in work. Like where do you find the time? I'm on the toilet. Are you still getting up <laughs> early? Um I have done, not every day. I'm I'm and I'm getting more annoyed myself when I don't. So what was today? Uh today wasn't. It was the seven o'clock on Friday I got up early. On Saturday, I didn't, and on Sunday, I didn't, and today, I didn't. So, so three that days in a row, I didn't. One day, I did. Three days, I didn't, which is annoying. So, I you know. haven't you got to do 60-odd days? So, you have not got to start again to get the habit? Because you say it was 66 days. 66 days to, to build a habit. I don't know. Hopefully, it <laughs> rolls over. <laughs> Hopefully, the, the 10 days that I did, I can collect them and, and roll them over to just 50 days. I don't think that's how it works, unfortunately. You know what the worst thing is at the moment? How more autumnal wintry it's gone it has well that's what i'm going to come on to today about golf oh it's just had a lot of people say about this a lot of times like even in the morning um i've got up my, my alarm's gone off at like five o'clock or quarter past five depending and literally outside it's rain it's wind it's i'm like oh my god and sometimes i'm only training in my garage but i'm like i don't even want to go from my house to my garage in this weather conditions um but yeah anyway <laughs> that's 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 my life at the moment I feel better. I feel like I'm on it today. I've come back in, healthy breakfast, healthy lunch planned, little gym session potentially this afternoon, and maybe badminton tonight again. Nice. Bought a racket. Sports Direct Spesh? No. Amazon? It, it is ridiculous, yeah. Do you know there's a racket online? And it, <laughs> How much have you spent on the racket? If people are in, like, if people, and this, I'm almost seeing this as if this is my transition into, like, starting golf again, right? So me and my mate last week went and played badminton and I absolutely loved it. For an hour, sweated my nuts off and honestly loved it. I thought I was amazing, but I was terrible, but I thought I was good. And at the time I had to borrow a racket from the leisure centre or whatever. I had to borrow a shuttlecock, which was horrendous, like proper battered. So every bad shot I hit, I blamed the shuttlecock. Of course, yeah. Or, or the rack. I kept looking at the racket and thinking it was bent, right? So this week we're going to go again. I thought, right, I'm going to buy a racket. So I went online <laughs> How mad is this? I, I went on Amazon, badminton racket, and there was a few coming up, a few that kind of didn't Did look with great. Onyx? No, it is a golf brand though, weirdly. And I was looking and I was thinking, oh, I don't really like these. So I, I went in price order, but most expensive first, oh right? I didn't go this big. Have a guess how many, how, how much some oh, rackets were. it can be 300 quid. Higher. Well, I don't know then. I'm sure the highest one I found... And honestly, I can't, I'm going to very quickly look for it now because I don't want to misquote myself. But it was it was in the thousands. Do you not think, though, as golfers, we almost don't have any right to be surprised or I mean. shocked at what other equipment's I like? If, I don't go fishing, but I know that fishing rods can be that expensive and stuff. But like, imagine if you didn't play golf and you saw that golf ball that will get lost can cost a, like three or four quid for one it? ball. A glove can cost 25 quid that'll end up ripping. Like, it is ludicrous. I can't find it in price order now, annoyingly. Highest first. Come on, Rick. So highest, how much was your, ra- lowest, how much was your racket? Um, so there's one here, and this is mad. The really expensive ones don't come with strings. Yeah, I can, yeah. I can get it. Right. So there's one here. I don't even know what brand it is. It looks pretty nice. Oh, it's Yonex, right? See, so this is a Yonex racket without strings. 4,000 
283 pounds. And is that actually a, a genuine price? That like, weird thing where Amazon does that, where it says it can be, and it's actually not. I don't know. Because sometimes, like, what's it called, the racket? Um, the W-Y-K-D-L, Yonex racket. That's not... All right, okay. Is it? It, it seems a bit... The other ones are like five... Four five hundred pounds. I think that four grand seems a bit. Doesn't much. It? I thought it was like signed by a professional player. Wow. Anyway, is. the one I got, I got a Wilson. Oh, nice. Um, and please don't tell me it cost you one hundred quid. No, 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 no. It cost me. Uh, let me see what the the price was. I did buy this when I was drunk. Should be forty quid max if you just get into it. Uh, twenty five quid. Oh, that's perfect. That, that works quid. for me. That that I'm, Wilson I'm right Recon ninety. <laughs> it came in a bag. It is the nuts. And then we have to buy some shuttlecocks. This was an increase. I don't know why we're talking about this. 12 shuttlecocks. Again, no excuse. Proper feathered ones. Um, 15 quid. Nice. So I was like, when they arrived this week, it really reminded... Like, imagine if a... Like, when you first night in golf ever and you order, like, a box of Pro V1s mm. and they come through the post and you open them and you take them out of the box. And I was, like, studying, like, the shuttlecocks and looking at the shape of them, like, throwing around the living room and I was getting my racket out and, like, and, like pretending I was playing badminton. Are you going to join the gym then now again? Nah, I just go as guest pass to keep going as guest pass. How many has he got? Well, the guy who, who first let me in recognised me. He watches the video, so I'm, I think I can just do a little... What about when he's not working? Sign him a little... <laughs> picture or something how long's the how long's the badminton face gonna last who knows who knows i've invested now if it's still here next week i'll be impressed i'm 30 quid deep in badminton so the last thing i want is a sweatband you don't get a sweatband head head sweatband you're actually gonna get a sweatband yeah, yeah i oh think so God. i think just to complete the look this is a midlife crisis this if you ask me <laughs> and again I, if i'm relating this to golf this is like someone again like going i need i need like proper metal spike shoes now i need like a, a baseball cap to play, play golf in but anyway, yeah, I'm I'm excited about it. Racket's going to come out tonight, and uh, hopefully this time I won't lose four games in a row, which I did last week. Ouch. Um. Anyway, we've got a good show. <laughs> well, yeah, thanks for the bab. Let's have a every week we can have a Rick's badminton update. Five minutes at the end, and that'll really keep people listening to the whole podcast. You don't want to miss that. Christ, I'm sorry. People, this podcast is really going downhill. Um. But today we have got a lot of golf stuff planned, Rick, which you know nothing about yeah, yet. Yeah, we do talk golf. We do. We talk do. Golf. Well, we try to. Um. But we've got a bit of a quite an equipmenty show today, and we've got some news, bits and bats. So the first bit of news is that um, we played nine holes last week, and Ooh, you we won. Did. We actually played, yeah, nine and a few extras. A few extras don't really. That was like warming up. Warm up. We played Adlington Golf Centre, which is the famous home of the big holes, small holes video. So yes. when you played with Hannah Davis, and when you recently played John Robbins, there's also an amazing driving range and a really good nine hole par three course that we played yeah and we had a pretty epic battle well it was really it was outrageously windy it was so there's a storm hitting the uk this week do you know what it's called it's, normally have daft names don't they storm shields okay <laughs> <laughs> so this must have been the start of the storm and end of last week and we went to adlington and we we, we flew around a few holes on the little little tiny golf course little first. loosener um and then we went on to what's called the heritage course which is like a new one all par threes I think the shortest one was probably about 130 yards. It wasn't like a chip and a pitch, pitch and putt. It was a proper course. 130 yards. And I think the longest hole was 197 yards. If I'm not Did mistaken. Not I think it was... I don't know how so loud. Eighth. Eighth. Was that not more? Was it in the 220? Was it? I think it was. It was into wind. We, we both couldn't reach it. Anyway. I didn't reach with a two iron. <laughs> the clubs I didn't, didn't take my driver on the path recourse, but I should have done. So, 
you played the weirdest golf shot I've ever seen ever on the first hole. I gifted you the first hole. It was, what was it, 155 uphill a little bit into you, the wind. You tried to hit two iron. Tried to like chip. I don't know why I thought this. I tried to put a two iron back foot on like, just like literally almost borderline chip and run it up the hill and then putting it massively long into the bushes and gave you the first hole. So I thought if I give you the first hole, that gives us quite a good match then. I know you wouldn't take shots off me. So give you the first hole. We can have a competitive match. I just think what you I wouldn't take shots off you. Yeah. Okay. You wouldn't take shots off me if I said you want to cut any shots. You'd be... I wouldn't just... take shots off you, no. That's what I'm saying. So I'd give you the first hole as a treat. <laughs> you need to be taking shots off me. No, I gave you the first hole so you had a bit of a start head start. So you started oh, one up. Wow. You wasn't have thought it? I'd hit a two iron on a par three like that. Surely it's crap. God, <laughs> I did think you were going nuts. Um, we have the second. I won the third. So I was two up through three. And then you went on a rampage. Yeah, real rampage. And... We were all square through eight. Yes, yeah, so the ninth is... Was it playing about one... Well, I got it way wrong. It was, it was playing about one, 190. No, it was 160-odd, I think. It was playing longer than it you thought, anyway. I had horrible 7-9 right and pin-eye, but well missed the green. You were short. I, I, I am way short. I hit, like, a nice chip to probably eight foot. It was nice. And then you, like, hit this weird, like, bump and run, but very close. And I, I just missed the putt, and, and you won. So you won weird. one up. Lovely golf shot. I it did. Was a bump. It I won on the last. It was a bit of a weird... It was a good shot. It was a bit of a... Not what I saw you playing. Well, it wasn't the floaty, floaty. Zip it. It wasn't what you're doing a chipping green, would it? No. You'd have been but zipping is, it in with a 56. Is, I'm all square against you yeah. on the last hole. I'm playing to my strengths. Yeah. Lucky I wasn't getting putter out. Um, so, yeah, I managed to I managed to take the dub. You did? With the, so that gave you that, if I hadn't given you that hole at the start, it would have been all square. <laughs> Give me this hole. Um, that was good. Um, we'll try and have more matches to keep our, uh, our audience... Um, up to date with Rick and Guy golf series. Well, speaking of par threes, I witnessed this last couple of days the best golf shot I have ever seen on YouTube. And it comes from your friend of mine and friend of the show, young Matthew Fryer. Yes, so if you've not seen this, well, I got a text last week. Uh, or it might have been early this week, actually. No, it would have been last week now, we're up to. And he texted the lads. So we're in a group, me, Pete, Carter and Matt and you text in the group lads something special's just happened I've had a hole in one <laughs> on camera That's and the it's, dream. The, it's the on camera bit that is the special bit because there's been quite a number of like hole in ones now online um, probably one of the best ones I've ever ever seen is the one from GM Golf Matt um, I can't remember his surname Sharp I don't know Matt from GM Golf, or the good, good boy, shall I say. He had a hole in one on the par four, and it was filmed incredibly. Loads of cameras, and it's a par four. Mm. It's in like three wood. It was phenomenal. That video's gone on to absolutely kill it in views, obviously. Um, and and what was interesting with that video, the good, good video, and Matt's video, both times it was called before it was happening. Like Garrett said in that video, I feel like someone's going to get a hole in one. Yeah. And Matt on his video said, I fit this is, I, I fancy getting a hole in one here. So he was over in Spain at La Cala Golf Course. I've never been to it. It looks nice. He's on this par three. He's doing a bit of filming. And it's the second hole he's filming in. It's 142 yard par three down the hill, surrounded by water at the front right. The green almost had a little bit of kind of an, an Africa shape to it. Almost kind of a big at the back and then kind of slim down into the front. Pin was back left. And he said, I'm going to hit pitching wedge. And he's trying to hit this perfect golf shot, obviously. He said, this is the number. So he hits this pitching wedge full. It's in the air. He went, if that's the number, it's going to slam dunk. It slam dunked. 
It absolutely slam dunked. On the clip for the for the YouTube version of the podcast, we'll hopefully use Matt's clip here. You can ask him to borrow that oh, clip. We're not we'll, even we'll, ask him. we'll credit we'll just, him. We'll just steal it. Um, <laughs> as you can see, it is a ridiculous golf shot. It actually destroys the hole. It, it destroys a little bit around the top of the cup. Well, what's really interesting when you see it the first time around the hole is some something that's white and typically on a golf course if it, you're at a really nice golf course sometimes the inner side of the hole gets painted white do you know why that is to make it look bigger i think it's actually so on tv you can see it ah. and then therefore it's become a bit of a, like a thing with good golf oh, courses quite, so even courses good. that aren't on television have it now oh, that's quite clever so when this golf ball slams in the hole, kind of the white thing like disappears. It looks a bit weird. Yeah, I was so like, good. why has that happened? Anyway, he's obviously buzzing his head off. He's like celebrating. He's got his camera guy there. Apparently there was some there was some Spanish greenkeepers close by all shouting, Uno, Uno, Uno. <laughs> so he's absolutely loving it. And like I say, it is as clear as anything on video. Like you cannot miss it. It's absolutely perfect. So he's walking down there. And when he gets to the hole, he's obviously buzzing. The, the white thing that's normally painted is like a plastic yeah. lip. And the, the way that the golf ball's gone in, it's almost destroyed that plastic uh, little cupping going around. It's damaged a little bit of the hole and, and his little strikes in there at the bottom of the cup. Little strikes. Sat there for his third hole in one. I honestly think, like, if you're gonna, I've, I'm fortunate I've had two hole-in-ones, but I weirdly don't feel like I have because the first one, I think I probably mentioned it before in the podcast, but I was a young junior. Luckily, I was playing with an adult, so it was like all verified. It was actually my, one of my good friend's dad, who was junior organiser, hit this like chippy five iron that was not a very good shot, went over over the side of a bunker and went in, didn't see it go in, got to the hole it was in. The second one I had was a much better golf shot about six years ago, and it kind of landed and span in, but I didn't see it on the tee, only yeah. when I got there, yeah. but it was a good shot. So even though I'm lucky enough to have two, I don't feel like I have because I think to watch it go in yeah. is the ultimate, isn't it? Yeah. But I think on top of that, to slam dunk it. On camera. Oh, it's the absolute and, and dream. And he called it on the tee saying, I fancy a hole in one. As he hit it and it said, if that's a number, it's going to slam dunk. He actually said those words before the ball and slam dunk. And it was filmed well hole. as well. And it was filmed really well. Um, so well done, Matthew. You have, uh, you have completed YouTube. That's two... Two pe- two mats. Yeah, Matt from Good Good and Matt Fryer. You, you're done. You quit. Well, I've, I did. I've, I've told you you've completed YouTube. You don't need to do anything else. I actually texted Matt Fryer and said we're going to talk about your hole in one of the podcast. Do you have a statement about it? And he's actually just deserted me. He's not. He's not answered me. So um, I'll make. <laughs> so I ring up. him. Yeah, ring him now. Actually, and yeah. So we're just going to ring Matt live on air because I'm a bit frustrated that he's been online on WhatsApp and not not um, answered me. So it would, it would have been nice of him to, hopefully he doesn't swear. Oh, I can hear that. Maybe maybe he is busy. What day is it? Monday, coach, is Monday. All oh, right, okay, fair enough. He'll kick himself when he finds out. It could have been on the UK's biggest golf podcast. Hi, I'm not here at the moment, but if you want to leave your name and number or drop me a quick text message, I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Thanks. Why is that so serious? After you finish your message, just hang this up. This is a good podcast. Or to hear more options, please press one. Hello, is that a, a Matthew or the Fryer? Uh, it is uh, Ricardo ringing from the Cala Resort, and we are just in your hole in one, and we think it is a fake. We don't believe it's gone in the hole. There was green keepers by the side of the uh, green, and they said, no, it not go in. We were saying, no hole in one. Well, okay. 
That's Rick. Um, <laughs> just, in case, you had <laughs> just in case you didn't know it was Rick, um, give us a call back. We want to talk about your uh, holding one. He's online podcast. on WhatsApp as we speak. He's actually online on WhatsApp as we speak. He'll ring me back. Um, what what a strange voicemail that was that you left him. But, oh, but. If, if you heard the voicemails, me and him leave each other, they get really strange. I don't think I've left a voicemail since... 2015. No, they get really weird. Um, um, I was going to tell you something else then. Oh, this is mad. Right, so I, I shared it on my Instagram, okay? It's a nice friend. Because <laughs> he deserves views. He deserves I saw you commented on his video as well. Obviously. And he pinned it. Um, this was mad. So I got a, I got an instant... I got a DM off somebody, okay? I talk about bitter. But I, got, I, got an inst- I got a DM off someone. I sent it to him, actually. Um, it said this. <laughs> uh, right. This was a couple of minutes after I'd posted. This is from... Um, you read the person's name out, is it? Jack. Jack, okay. I won't say any more. This is what he said. This is so fake, <laughs> it's a joke. Rick, it's a complete fake. He's then sent me a screenshot of the video, mm-hmm. okay? If you watch the slow-mo on Matt's video, you can clearly see it bounce right behind the pin, and then bounce off. Okay. Like, are you actually for real? You, how can you even say those words? So I look back at the video. <laughs> I was like, right, I want to prove... What are you on about? What is, what is this joker on about? Because Matt Fryer is known as being a liar and a thief. No, he's, he's a nice guy. <laughs> he's a nice guy. So I went back at the video and watched it, mm-hmm. and exactly the time the ball slams in the hole that you can clearly see with everyone's clear eyes... In the right-hand corner, a little birdie flies off. Uh, and this guy... But, did you tell this guy that? No, I couldn't be bothered replying uh, to that. What's the point? You're not going to win against somebody who thinks that's a fake. Um, but it's so weird. So, yeah, see if Matt rings us back. Okay, well, I've had a question, and it's kind of a double-edged sword, really, because it's got a bit of negativity in it, but I think we can answer it well, or that you can answer it well. So it's not... Well, you'll see what I mean. Um, so I put a thing on our Facebook group, the Rick Shields Golf Show podcast on Facebook, asking for questions for today's podcast. And one that really stood out to me um, is actually, I want you to answer it, but it's also going to lead on to another topic as well. So you'll see where I'm going with this. Okay. It's from Daniel, and he says, I started following Rick because of his reviews. I noticed that lately he has done less and less reviews. It might be quite provocative with my question, but is he doing less reviews because other people are doing it better? Ooh. So... Um, Caught me on a wrong day. What's it called, Daniel? Yeah, Daniel. Caught so on a wrong day, Daniel. Let's go on to that. Let's let's talk about reviews. Why you may be doing a few less reviews, and then on off the back of that, I want to talk about some of the drivers for next year. Okay, and um, go ahead. Um, reviews. I I think there's there's two things. I would love to separate the viewers' information around a review and a test. Mm-hmm. I think they're very very different these days. I would 100%, without question, say that there's better people doing tests of golf clubs online. Scientific, proper tests. People like My Golf Spy, who have who have gotten hundreds and thousands of golf shots being hit by loads of different golfers on robots and simulators, taking all the data, number crunching, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That is a test. I think the other guys that are doing almost slightly more test than review, let's say. The guys from TXG um, over in Canada, um, they really know their equipment. They're really dialed in. Um, Matt's just messaged me. Coaching, call you shortly. Um, he, they are doing kind of reviews, 
but also a testing element because they'll put a different shaft in, change the weight or whatever, whatever. Whatever. I think what I do a really, really good job of is reviewing equipment. I think bar not many, I, th- I still think I make the best reviews on YouTube because I give the information, I give my opinion, I'm very honest, I'm very un- impartial, I know my stuff, I know all about loads of different golf clubs that have ever been used before. And I feel as a review, you want to see a few things as an audience member. You want to see how the club looks. I think mm-hmm. we give some of the best close-ups in the world. You want to talk, see how a club performs. I think I do a really good job of that. But yes, I do it solely on my performance of how I hit a golf shot. Um, so I think I still do amazing reviews, but don't mix it up with tests. Yeah. Why I don't do as many? One, um, it's a good word. There's not as many pieces of equipment that have huge differences these days. Mm-hmm. So a lot. So let's say, for example, a great example of this. Back in February, we were studying my sat in my garage, and we were going to test, or I was going to start testing the new Callaway irons. Yes. Okay. I had all the sets there, Callaway irons, and we have a chat before starting reviewing or whatever filming, saying, "Well." What is it with these irons? What's new? What's different? What's the what's the interesting part of these irons? Is it a new material? Are they promising to go longer, straighter, more forgiving, easier to hit? Are they super expensive? Are they super cheap? Whatever it may be. And we've sat there going, they're literally no different to the Callaway irons I've tested in the past. Mm-hmm. Like they've made some tiny, 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 tiny changes, which in a review is not going to make for great viewing. It can be if the brand is claiming that that's a difference. Correct. So like with a driver, if a brand come out with a driver and say, this is the fastest, longest, most forgiving, best thing since sliced bread, 2.0, supercharged, da-da-da, and you go, it performs the same as three years ago. Yeah. That in itself is a good review. Yeah. But the diff- I think the difference is as well, what you've kind of, maybe not mentioned that we have before, it's down to the audience that watch as well. So we know obviously so fortunate that you've got nearly 2 million subscribers. Some of those are serious, hardcore golfers. Obviously, a lot of people listening to this podcast are serious, hardcore golfers, but some aren't as well. Yep. So a lot of our viewers, a lot of your viewers that tune in for your reviews, that usually they want to see nice images, mm. a rough kind of overview. They don't want it to be super, 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 no. super detailed. They don't want to start diving into, and this is experience we found and what we know from our audience. They don't want to know the exact MOI of the club face rotation. The exact if you head weight. It, if you hit it two millimetres yeah. from centre, high toe. That's not our audience. And there is people doing, like you said, TXG are amazing at doing that. And yeah. they have a di- they obviously do some crossover, but they also have a very different demographic, yeah. don't they? I, I feel like our audience will want to know information about the golf club, not only to influence whether they think they might be interested in buying it, interested in testing it, whatever it may be, but I think what a lot of the audience do, I've seen this from evidence, there's lots of times where an audience will watch a video of a club that got no intention of buying. Oh, yeah. Like, literally yeah. no intention. But what they're doing is learning about that piece of equipment. Mm-hmm. So they might go to the to the golf club at the weekend and chat with the mates. Oh, have you seen that new tailor-made driver? It's... And and they're armed with information. Yeah. They know how much it costs. They know how much adjustability the weight is, uh, how much adjustability there is. They know, is it any faster or longer than last year? What, what you know, just in a, in a quick nutshell, a quick conversation starter. But it, it's, it's also entertainment as well. Like, I, I'm a bit of an Apple fanboy to some degree. I've got an Apple iPhone I've had for years. But recently, I've been, I don't know why, I've been watching quite a lot of these videos on this new um, Google Pixel phone. Yeah. And 
I kind of know enough about it now. I'm still watching the odd one here and there because it, it kind of it's some level of entertainment when there's nothing yeah. else on TV. But on the flip side, would you particularly watch one that like proper opens the phone up and checks every every nano speed of the microchip? No, exactly. I, I wouldn't do. But there'll be some like you hardcore phone enthusiasts yeah. who would who yeah. would perceive that to be a well better review than the eight minute glossy one. Yeah. But it's just different audiences. And then the other thing as well, coming back to again people like your TXGs who do such a great job. Their whole channel is fundamentally based around reviews and tests of, of golf equipment. So anything that comes out, they're going to review because it's more content for them. They can make good content around said products. For us, obviously, it is still a, a real pillar of the channel is, is reviews of product. But that's more like your tailor-made, your Callaway drivers, tightless irons, wedges, etc. You know, all the stuff, bits and bats here and there. The flagship yeah, products, ultimately, the things say. that were excitals and that are going to get views. We're not necessarily going to go and do a massive full video on a Mizuno wedge. Let's just say yeah. first thing I thought of. Just because it, it ultimately it's not doesn't interest us enough, doesn't no. interest the viewer, but other people will do great videos of that. So that should answer the question, I think. I think so. But generally, I mean, we still obviously the feedback we get and the views, I would say we do a pretty good job because people are still watching and enjoying them. And if anything, I think they've got well, they have got better over the years. Well, and lastly, this leads on to a next topic. It's hard in golf because innovation has kind of hit a wall, hasn't it, really? Due to the rules of the RNA and the USGA, the governing bodies, you know, TaylorMade can't go out tomorrow and make a driver that is absolutely revolutionary because they're just not allowed to in the rules of golf, are they? Yeah. So it's hard to, to make stuff every year, or even every few years, that's that much different. But that then led me on to a question, and I've asked this again on the Facebook group. Are people excited for the 2022 golf driver releases because it's only around the corner. I know we're not yeah. quite in the end of 2021 yet, but it won't be long before you might see the odd leak. Yeah. You know that TaylorMade, Cobra will have new drivers out next year. Um, Callaway. Callaway have got a new driver coming out next year. There'll be a few other bits and bats. I don't on. think Titleist... Oh, no, Titleist will be the back end of back next end year. Back end of the year. Ping, I don't think, will be until maybe the back end of no. the year. But anyway, some of the big, big brands, like I said the flagship brands are going to have new drivers. So I said, what do people want to see? Yeah. And what do people actually think we'll see because that's two yeah. very different yeah, things yeah. um the first answer from adam monk i said for them not to be 500 pound well yeah that's i could imagine i, I could have guessed that answer but do you not think though as well he's and a lot of people do that they're preempting because that's the brands they want to want like we've not said there from the other brands got like Edge might bring out a new driver yeah. ben ross might bring out a new yeah. driver all these other brands but we kind of as consumers a lot of people want the big name but don't want to pay the price for it of course I mean, the the only company there that kind of stands out, the ones that have, have changed that model a little bit, is Cobra. Mm-hmm. Like for the last few years, they've sat their price point much at like three fifty, three hundred and fifty pounds rather than five hundred. Yeah. Um. And again, I think a lot of people, I, I don't know what it kind of. I mean, I mean, you can't buy products at the moment, can you? Well, Matthew White has said, I'll be more interested when they come out to hopefully be able to get the decent deals on the previous year's gear. And that's yeah. something a lot of people say as well, if they still can get like, to get hold of them, it's quite hard to get hold of the product at the minute. It's really hard. Like, how much is a... Yeah, so if you're looking for, like, a Sim 2 driver now, for example, like, £400 you're picking up for. But that's if you can get hold of them. So so probably when the brand new TaylorMade comes out, that might just drop a little bit. Or sometimes you just... They just vanish. Like you can sometimes just can't buy these secondhand ones or these older versions because they've either got the stock levels spot on or whatever. People snatch them up. What a lot of people, people are going on the route of this overpriced. Um, 
Stephen Moss has said, I'm treating myself to a new driver for the next season, so I'm excited to see what the releases are. Nobody's really coming up with an actual answer that I was kind of hoping for, of like what they want to see in terms of technology. I don't think people know. Ultimately, no. it's not our job, is I it? Know. People, you know, the average guy in the street or whatever. It's not their job to think of what um, a brand can do next. Steve Hetherington has said realistic lead times when ordering would be nice. Yeah. Again, he's obviously been the probably... More, the, more re- the more practical things, aren't they? The, like price and lead time. It's not technology. Nobody's saying nobody's really giving a, a technical technology answer there. Well, what do you think then? What would you want? I would, again, we've, we've touched on this. this. <laughs> well, we've touched on this, but it's so hard, isn't it? To, yeah. Uh, this is quite good on Twitter. Actually, I did it on Twitter as well. Mark Cobb has said more drivers with a shorter shaft as standard. This would hundred percent help most amateur yeah. golfers. Yeah. I wouldn't disagree with that. Yeah, I think. Uh, I think the fear with that is brands that would do shorter shafted drivers would lose the simulator war. Mm, I always think there's potentially, but would they if you start to find the middle more? I'd like to think brands have probably thought this and tested it enough. I don't know. Mm. I, I feel like we live in an era. Because if that was the case, why does every Tour Pro not use 48 inch? Yeah, don't know. They won't they can't, but they can't again, I'm, I'm talking simulator. I'm talking you're in a bay, you're getting fitted, and it ultimately comes down into distance. I know, but I don't think many golfers hit longer shafts actually better. They might get more club head speed, yeah. Which is, but they won't. They don't hit the middle as much, yeah. But like when you, but like the one again, we've talked about fitting loads. That one out of ten that does go longer, like, well, possibly. Is, is, yeah. that, is that is that enough of a dangly carrot? And I'm not talking forty eight inches, but like longer versus shorter. Is that the dangly carrot that the the fitter yeah. obviously naturally is going to jump on because he's going to say, yeah, but you hit this one. Look at the potential. Once you get used to this driver, you're going to be hitting that distances all the time. So it'll be funny. I've only done it one out of yeah. ten times. Well, imagine, right? This would never happen. <laughs> Stupid thing to say. Imagine there's a law brought in, right? A new golf law, okay? Legal to do to not do this. When getting fitted for a new driver, it has to be on the golf course in real play. Yeah. And it has to be against your own one. So you go on set the first tee, and you go, right, I've got John with me. He's got a tailor-made RBZ from a few years ago. He wants to try the new Sim 2. So you have to play the hole with both drivers. You have to play 18 holes with both drivers. Yeah. And you actually see it in real time, the difference. Yeah. It would never happen, but you'd actually see in real life, there's probably not much difference at all. So, yeah, I think, um, like I said, I don't disagree with that comment. I just think brands, certainly when they're in a buying scenario, when they're getting a fit-in or they're in a simulator or they're at a driving range, it will ultimately come down to the longer shaft. If you, if you catch one well it's probably going to outperform it, not on consistency level, but on the one or two times that, unfortunately, us as human beings will be like, oh, I can do that every time. Let me just get used to this driver and I'll do it every time. Um, do you think, though, as well, like, it is going to get... Because a lot of people now are saying overpriced and stuff, and I kind of wonder, are they just saying that, but actually they will end up going buying it or they have quite new gear themselves anyway? But weirdly, I was texting a friend the other day about something, and he said he was debating getting a new iPhone, and then he said, oh, I'm not bothered now, I'm still sticking with the iPhone 8, because I could have got the new... 13 Pro, it would have cost me however much yeah. a month. I'm only paying for the kind of the contract the time. It's yeah, SIM only at the moment. So it would have cost me £50 a month more to get the new phone. And yeah, the camera's a bit better, but I'm not that bothered. And more and more people now are doing that. Like I said earlier on, I was, I'm a big Apple fan. I would normally every year have the latest iPhone. I've got the 11 Pro, so there's been a 12 Pro, and now it's a 13 Pro. And I'm not that bothered about swapping it. I don't think I will because of the, the price versus improvement. Yeah. And you do see that more and more now with iPhones. So many people are just using SIM only and have a phone that might be an iPhone 7 or 8 or whatever. Unless you're an idiot like me. Well, yeah. And I've ordered mine and mine comes tomorrow. Um, <laughs> yeah, but you know what I mean? But let more people have spent uh, 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 with yeah. an older phone now. Yeah. 
And well, people, what, people will spend it. People, no, people still will, but there's also a lot more people yeah, now aren't having fine. the latest yeah. iPhone. Um, yeah. So is that going to get to the point when golf, where actually now like people are saying it, but people are going to start going genuinely... We're watching these videos online. We all understand launch monitors to some degree yeah. now. We're watching these reviews of yourself and TXG. There is no real difference. I, I'm not going to bother. I almost feel like we're already at that stage. Well, yeah. In fact, I think we're 100% we are. Like how many times do we go down to the Marriott or go out filming somewhere? Do we literally see a bag with the latest gearing? It is rare. It is. It's not as... It's not as it, there's certainly more there's older po- gear. Yeah. 100%. Than the newer gear. Um, so I think we're almost at that point already, but I'm just looking at line here and I can't find the answer, but <clears throat> price has been discussed loads and obviously in that thread it's been discussed loads, but rewind time, like even back end of like 19, like 1990s, when the Callaway ERC driver mm-hmm. came out, do you remember it? Yeah, you had that, one. That was £500. Yeah, I had it. I didn't get it new, I got it second hand for 100 quid. So like... But there was a jump in innovation. Yeah. They were very, yeah, they were coming yeah, to 460cc. Yeah. That was actually illegal, the that first was a, yeah. version. It wasn't illegal at the time, but it, it, it soon became, it became illegal. illegal. The ARC 2, I don't think it was. I'm not, don't quote me on that. But there was at least jumps. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, that, and that's it. They've almost kept at that price point. I think it probably... It went down. It down, go the down ping, a little the bit. The Ping G2 launched at 199, and yeah, that, that really changed the game at the time. And it was only really, again, when I was at Nike, they had three drivers, two for, 200 quid, was it? No, 249... 299 and then like a really expensive 379 yeah. version that was a concept one yeah, yeah. that nobody actually used and it's only in the last five years they really kind of again PXG introduced yeah. this expensive price point I think people would pay potentially people would pay anyway but people would be more open to paying if there was something tangible of that course, was different of course like again with your iPhone if that could open up like an iPad and then like the Samsung ones do and then shrink down again you'd be like I'm going to get the new one or I would yeah. anyway they're not doing anything different. No, they're not. Time will tell. I want them to do something different, though. That's what I want the new drivers to come out, and I want to be dead excited. Well, like about I them. say, you had a chat. I've not had a chat with said person, but you had a chat with somebody, mm-hmm. and they seem to. Re- and like I say, you can only take what brands say with a pinch of salt, a big pinch of salt sometimes. But certainly, the source you talked about from a, a major manufacturer seemed outrageously excited about the launch in January. Yes. More than normal. More than normal, which got me thinking, what is it? Yeah, there was another spokesman from another company who really wasn't that excited about the new product. That's very true. <laughs> so, who knows? Time will tell. Um, but to get your most in-depth, detailed, <laughs> fun, entertaining, all-rounded, unbiased, best close-ups, best personality reviews, make sure you subscribe to THG. <laughs> hey! <laughs> I was going to do it first, but I thought I can't. <laughs> Nicely done. I was going to say Matt Fryer. <laughs> um, do you want to do it, Rick? Let's do it. It's a bit of a, well, it's a quite a good one this week because it's a very, very specific person's inquiry, question, etc. Okay. But I actually think it can kind of be, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Almost like utilised for more people. Now it's winter. So you'll see what I'm saying. It's, uh, it's titled is Dear Rick London Golfer Issues. So okay. it says, Dear Rick and Guy, love the podcast. Keep it going and hopefully see you at the 150th Open next year. Nice. Hope to see you there as well. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Um, my flatmate and I are both young professionals now living in London. We both used to play football, but have now gone to golf um, over the past 18 months, playing off 16 and 25. So quite a common kind of story, that, isn't it, really? Yeah, very popular. We try and get out of London to play a course once a fortnight, but it can be difficult with work and the hassle of getting out of the city. We want to practice to get our handicap down, but this can be difficult in London. We have a put-out, little, so people that don't know what put-outs yeah. are, they're like, how do you explain a put-out? predominantly it's a training aid yeah. that kind of folds in half you pop it open as a little hole in and to get it into the hole it's got to be the perfect it's like pace. a little half pipe but you're going on a skateboard in it perfect um so do you have a lot of up to now yes yeah, so we have a put out we use to practice in the flat um our putting uh, to practice our putting but we need to get away um i find a way of practicing other aspects of our game the driving range is quite far away and can be expensive when factoring London rates and travel to the range. I'm guessing he's probably on the Greenwich Peninsula yeah, yeah. driving range, which is expensive. We have a huge communal bike shed, which we think we could fit in a golf net, but aren't sure if golf nets are worth it. Can you give us advice on the best way to practice in London? So again, quite specific, but I'm also thinking for people at home now who are thinking it's hard to get out and play golf, there's less, yes. less hours of daylight, I can't have going to golf because I want to keep my swing going over the winter. Yeah, It's kind of a, 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 a double, you've got two answers really, I guess. Well, not only would it be London, I'm guessing it'd be the same in, if you lived in any big major city, mm-hmm. like New York or LA or whatever it may be, it's going to be quite challenging to get out on a golf course i would imagine and certainly like now the, the lights are getting yeah. darker <laughs> the lights are getting less light yeah um god it's a challenge isn't it it really is do, do you think stuff like the practicing at home actually makes a difference i remember as a junior i would be forever putting upstairs the landing with my obviously two ball yeah. and a nice white clean brand new golf ball yeah. did it actually make a difference i, d- I don't mind repetitive practice that's very close, that's very predictable, probably for putting mainly only. Mm-hmm. Because any other aspect of your game will be varied. Like, you can't really practice your chipping or your short game massively because 
one, you're not hitting off grass and you're not hitting off different lies. You're not into greens and, you know, there's different obstacles. But I do think if you're going to practice anything at home, and obviously most people can do it, you can get a decent smooth carpet or a little bit of AstroTurf or something that you can put on with something like a put-out or a training aid. Then, yes, it's something. Yeah. Not perfect, but it's definitely something. Um, after that, the, the net in the bike shed, what do you think? I know, we talked about this lots through lockdown about kind of nets and stuff. And I understand loads of people went out and bought nets or put buddy duvets up or whatever it may be, just so they could hit golf balls. I honestly think now if lockdown took place again, we would see less of that. Because I honestly believe the amount of people that built nets or did something, realistic, probably didn't use it that much. Oh. Really? It seems good on paper, doesn't it, having a net at it home? It seems like the best thing in the world. But it can be bloody boring, that. I think I would be, I'd get really bored just hitting it into a net with no real practice or structure and you can't really see the ball fly. And, you know, obviously if you've got the luxury of being able to plug in some sort of launch monitor, whether it's a little portable one or something a little bit more fancy, yes, it helps. But then as soon as you start talking about launch monitors, you're starting to think about, well, would a simulator be better? A simulator is better because it's obviously you can you can see ball flight a little bit more, certainly if you can project it onto the screen, etc. Um, but then obviously price massively That's not jumps realistic, up. is it for most like people? It go, it go, a net, you could pick one up probably for Amazon for 30 quid, mm-hmm. really, 50 quid tops, to a to a baseline um simulator at probably five grand. Let's just say then that the guys in London they decide to get a cheap net, they put it in the bike shed, they get a bit of astroturf. How would would you have any drills for them or any kind of swing thoughts? I know you don't know how they hit it, but what what would be a good way of spending a night or two a week hitting balls? I think that the most productive thing you can be doing it is almost taking your. I, I'd probably plug it in with a lesson if you can, if you can have just what even just one lesson, mm. a little half an hour, an hour somewhere with a local pro or somewhere where you can get in for a lesson, and then you've got something tangible to work on. Because I honestly think if you're just going into a net and you, you don't have any real idea or you've watched obviously some YouTube videos, etc., but they're not massively tailored to you, you could get yourself in a real pickle if you're not seeing ball flight. Yeah. Where, for example, if you went for a very quick lesson, try and find a kind of, a, even if it's an assistant pro, where it might be a little bit cheaper and they might tell you, right, well, actually a couple of things, your grip's, your grip's a little bit strong, your stance is a bit narrow, your ball position's off. Okay, brilliant, right. You can take that information and practice that for as long as you want, getting your ball position absolutely spot on, like making sure your wedges are in the middle, your drivers from your left foot, and each each club as you go up, go slightly closer to your left foot, making sure you've got like a mirror or someone filming you from behind to make sure your posture's good, your distance away from the golf ball is good. And then things like grip, like in a net, you can really... Take your time and before every single golf shot, before you hit, be really kind of meticulous about how you put your hands on the golf club from the advice that the, the pro, the lesson has taught you. So you can be very, very like productive with your time. And then at least then if you're hitting balls into a net, even though you're not seeing ball flight as such, you, you're fundamentally working on something mm-hmm. that once you get out on the golf course or once you get to a driving range and start seeing ball flight, you've bedded in really good habits. Yeah. So it's more of a habit builder, Annette, than actually a performance enhancer. Do, do you think, though, when, obviously, if you're like, um, 
a scratch golf, let's just say, then whacking balls with no purpose isn't going to be very beneficial. I think the handicaps are 18 and 25, so yeah. obviously they don't want to get into bad habits because that's not going to help the golf. But do you think they're at the point of ability where just actually whacking balls aimlessly can actually improve them because you just find them middle of the face more and just building some level of swing, or is it too much of a risk? Well, I, I always remember there was a guy who used to come to see me for golf lessons, and, and he, was, he was quite stuck in his ways, habit-wise. He'd been playing for a long time with no lessons, and he came to me because he really wanted to try and make some improvements. And over about three or four lessons, we, I really, really tried to make some kind of changes but it, some some people are just harder to to move mm-hmm. like the, the, the habits are so ingrained in that it was just like even just make, moving his hand like an inch to the left was was really hard for him to do and even if we got it in the lesson he'd come back next week and it'd be, it'd be back to normal so i started to think differently and start to think well how can i make him better and play better golf without actually changing anything like i can I can make him better at golf without changing anything at all because I started to look at things such as strike location on the club face Mm. and he had some really odd habits, but every now and again he could find the middle, but it would be toe strikes, heel strikes, middle, toe, heel, middle, and like really kind of unpredictable. So we started monitoring this and and I, I know I spoke to you about this on videos before when I filmed it about strike location and it's sometimes hard when you've not kind of seen it, but all I got with this guy was some... Um, strike tape for his club yeah. face and I gave him a task and I said each time you, you go to the driving range and practice put, or in a net or whatever it may be put these strike tapes on your face hit 10 shots take a picture on your phone and see where the strike locations are from and next time try and bring that circle in tighter and honestly genuinely I didn't have to give him any advice I didn't have to tell him to move closer further away did it. he could figure it out because because he could see it yeah. Beforehand, he had no idea where he was hitting on the face. Like literally, I could say to him, "Where did you hit that from? Hit, hit that shot from?" And he'd look at me and go, um, "Don't know." No. Literally, I don't know where I hit it from. Once you've got some feedback, go, "Oh, I hit it from the toe. I didn't know that." All so right. That's how it feels, and then you can. Well, I don't want to hit it from the toe. I'll try. I'll, and honestly, it sounds daft. I'll try and hit it a bit more from yeah. the middle. And suddenly, they'll move it half a ball over to the middle, and they go, "Ah." Okay, that was interesting. Interesting stuff. So all he did, each time he went to the driving range, put a sticker on, took a picture, saved it on like a folder on his phone. And over time, his strike pattern on the club face went from like huge, every, he could hit everywhere on the club face. <laughs> so in a few weeks, just over good practice, his like strike location became so much more centered. I changed nothing. I didn't change anything in his golf swing. And instantly his golf improved enormously. So it's like, it, it, it was... If you are going to measure anything, strike location is a good place to start or just get really fundamental, basic actions, good habits, correct. Yeah, so the other thing they could do, I don't know how realistically... Move to Manchester. Move to Manchester. <laughs> or they could, I don't know if it's like worth, if they go to the gym or not, the young lads they may or may not do, but maybe doing some like golf-specific stuff, potentially yeah. even just a bit of stretch, not that I know anything about this really, but stretching or some weight stuff, I'm sure it must have some positive impact. Question that's similar then, one more question for you, but... It's kind of similar, but yeah, it's quite different. It's from Aiden. Said, "How do you keep motivation during the winter months?" Yeah. Do you, a question then, because I saw this before. Obviously, got it ready. <laughs> do you need to? So, what I mean by that is, you know, we need to be motivated for things that are important. We need to be motivated for work or fitness or whatever it might be. Or, but if golf is your hobby, do you need to be bothered about playing through the winter? Yeah, sometimes it is nice to not play. And then when it comes to nicer weather, I almost get excited for it again. Um, I, however, if you want an answer, I, I would say just trying to get into a, a, into a good group of 
golfers and try and make a weekly night at the gym at the gym at a week at one every thursday night 8 p.m do it do a roll up everyone at the driving range just have a, have a great time that's a good shout that because yes. it, it's things like that that just keep you going through the winter 100%. even if you're just getting your clubs out once a week and it's a bit of a social gathering and it's you know it's whacking a few balls while having a chat in it really but yeah. the balls do add up don't they yeah and it, it's just something like that and, and you know Every now and again, if there's a break in the weather or there's a nice opportunity, go out to a nice dry golf course, a Lynx golf course, certainly here in the UK, wrap up warm and, and it's still fun. Like going playing golf sometimes in the winter, if you're prepared, can be fun. You know, yeah, it, I tried about seven or eight years ago, maybe a bit less, I can't remember now, but I um, I did Winter League with my brother, which was every second week on like a Saturday or a Sunday yeah. you could choose. I think we did Saturday. We lasted like two two times and was like sacked it off it's just too cold and didn't really yeah. enjoy it but it's a weird one because if it's a hobby there's no requirement to play for the winter it's up to you obviously the positives of playing for the winter you probably will start your season off better because you've been swinging the club yeah. and obviously if you're paying for a 12-month membership and you don't play in the UK from October the 1st to March end of March you're wasting six months of your membership yeah. but it's like you said then the driving range I went through a spell again a number of years ago you know that you know TFG in witness yep. where you yep. got fitted that time I, I went there with my dad and my brother probably once a week like every week through the winter and it was a go have a bit of a mooch around the shop have a look at grab a few putters and stuff yeah. hit hit 50 balls and I did fine then when I started the season again I was much I wasn't great but I was much kind of fresher yeah than if I'd have just had the whole six months of not playing I, I was really sounds really mad this i was quite envious of a group of guys that used to go to to traffic golf center every thursday night and they used to arrive at like seven older guys probably families have grown up and they just look like they're having the best time in the you know world i like what that to start off with thursday yeah i think a thursday fits that so Perfect. well doesn't it like thursday thursday night at traffic was the busiest night it's a nice night for, for like for like serious golfers yeah and go down and there was like four of them and they'd have a cup of coffee and they'd, they'd have a bit of a natter they were galvin green I feel like they would wear Galvin they Green. They were pretty wedged, yeah. yeah Galvin Green All the clubs were nice and everything. And they bought like new clubs all the time. They, they were, <laughs> hey, listen, they were enjoying life. Why not? And they'd have two bays. So they're four golfers, but two bays. Alternating, yes. rotating, whacking a few of each other's clubs. <laughs> and then, oddly enough, I kind of got end up getting chatting to them. And, and they used to always take my nine o'clock slot on a Thursday night. So they'd be there from like literally six to like nine oh hitting God. golf shots. Or maybe, maybe seven till nine. And then coming, the four of them would come and see me for an hour and just have like 15 minutes each. It's like a bit of a quick check Just something, yeah. And it was a bit of a That was an easy one for you, a good one. Bit of a natter, a bit of a, I found me in this new driver, like, oh, I, I don't like that shot. I'm hitting out to the right. Yeah, try this, fix. And it was like, it was like perfect. And, and they split the lesson cost and it was actually worked out super cheap for them. And it was like, they just loved it. And I felt like really, off by about seven. Yeah. And like one of them was a captain of the golf club and they, they were just a nice bunch of guys. And I look back and thought, I'm quite envious of this. Yeah, I like that. Like, I'm quite like envious of what you've got going on here because it's like, <laughs> it's it's perfect. It's a really nice, certainly through the winter and through the summer, you wouldn't see them at the driving range and that's fine. But through the winter from, from now till March, they'd be there. Um, yeah, nice times. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you really envious these guys. I miss those guys. I might ring him up and say, "Can I join you on a?" I feel like on one of them would be called Simon. No, Terry. Terry. Paul. Oh, that's um, not what all the rivals go with at all. What are the other two called Terry Paul. How old were they, by Te the way? Terry's son wouldn't come every now and again. He was also called Terry. The Terrys. Um, oh, who was the other guy called? It was 
Terry Paul, little Terry. I'd actually tell you something quite funny about when I booked him into the system, but I won't. Um, you've got a couple of Terry's, you've got a Paul. I can't think what the other guy's called. That's going to really be sure he's not me. called Simon. No. And how old were they? 60s, 70s. Oh, actually, I, in my mind, I was in like late 40s. Oh, no, no, oh, no. no. Much, much older, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, te- little Terry was at like 40. Oh, right. Little, oh, <laughs> I thought little Terry was like 15. He <laughs> no, was a shandy. No, 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 no. Little Terry was like 40. <laughs> um, anyway. Good. Well, we've got to about 50 minutes, so we can either end it there sharpish or we can riff for 10 minutes. We learned a new word. When John Robbins came through the live <laughs> podcast, we had to check the microphones. He went, just riff. So we just riffed, didn't we? Uh, we, yeah. we really got into riffing. Well, Matt said he can't f- phone us for another 10 minutes, so no. we're not going to wait for that. Nah. Um, so we'll go and watch Matt's video. We might have put the clip on that bit before, but if you've not gone and watched it, watch it. Um, and then see him get a hole in one. It's all right. It's a decent shot. <laughs> it's really good. Um, we do have a video planned for Thursday, but the guy who who we're filming at, the golf course we're filming at, just texted me saying, I'm guessing that you're not doing it on Thursday. Why? Because the weather. Yeah. Other thing, quickly, just to touch on, actually, was the um, golf ball that we did, the video of. Microchip. The microchip golf ball. It's done quite well. If you've not seen it, go and check it out. It's um, this new golf... Well, it's a golf ball that has a microchip built in that yes. connects via Bluetooth to your Android phone, annoyingly. It doesn't yeah. do an Apple yet. And it tells you where the golf ball's gone. It wasn't the best, was it? Ish. It, it, was, it was levels of promise, but it needs much more development. It was kind of a bit of a prototype, starter company, so... Who knows what they might come out with next, but yeah, it was it was elementary at the moment. That needs to be something I think we've talked before about where drivers can go, and it's hard to, to picture. But I think for me, that seems so. I've said this before again, but like if I were for a run now, I have to take my phone with me or my yeah. Apple Watch and track it. It would feel like a waste of a run to not do it. Sounds yeah. stupid. There's got to be something in golf soon that changes. Like again, when people go to the range now, there's top trace, there's yeah. just trap man, and it feels like if that wasn't there, you're hitting with no data. It can't be long while there's a proper Titleist golf ball, a tailor-made, whatever it might be, that has a chip in it that connects your club head or to your phone and you get data. Like, yep. I can't believe that's not a club thing head, yet. Club head speed, spin rates, ball yeah, speed, it distance. it can't be that difficult, surely. Yeah, or, or even like things like after the round of golf, it would tell you exactly how far your ball travelled, what direction most of your tee shots went in. Yeah. Was it because your, your swing path was out to in or into out or strike location or whatever it may be? It could all interwine into this kind of ecosystem where it all works together, ball, clubs, phones, technology. It needs to be done. It, it's could got, be. it can be, It'll surely. It's about the rules, but I think that's just whatever. It's one of, the, one of those things. Um, and then also the video that's gone out yesterday was, if you want to see me struggle playing golf. You did struggle. I don't blame you for struggling. Watch me on the hardest golf course in the UK. Um, and that was when you had a blanket. As well, that was the day you took the blanket, which so, we talked about. If you can still look at me in the eye when you watch that video. I don't think you should watch it. I think you should turn <laughs> off and just ghost. <laughs> um, yeah, it's uh, it doesn't go to plan. And then the second part, the back nine, will be out tomorrow. Wednesday, yeah. So Couple enjoy it. videos. Enjoy both because, uh, and ironically, I think we have to change the next coaching video. Why? For Friday. Was it about I'll something you that you did bad in that video? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but that's, you hadn't watched your own video by then, so you'll do another video. I think we need to get you to play a bit more golf before the end of the year because... Do we have to? Yeah, I think... I think, <laughs> I think <laughs> you don't have to. Get you to drive and do the net. When I look, I'm going to just go meet with Terry, Terry and Paul. <laughs> the Terrys. I could be the fourth man. Um, I must admit, when you look out the door today and you think, oh, God, I don't want to do anything today. It's bloody absolutely that that, minging. That is hard, isn't it? If, if golf is your sport, which obviously everybody listening, I take it, it is... 
you have got in the UK literally most of October, November, December, January, February. It's horrendous, isn't it, really? It, it is and it's not. Like, for example, I did this talk on Friday to a... Um, a Thursday it was, to a school in Canada. Yeah. Okay, 80 students. And I can't remember where they were in Canada now, but they talked about how a lot of them do water sports. And I don't mean like water polo. I mean like rowing and mm. canoeing and stuff like that. From literally this week, it'll get so cold and frozen to literally April time. And they cannot do their sport. Weirdly, though, is that not better? <laughs> Just because they if, can't do it. Yeah, if you can't, if, if if there was some law or some like rule, like, oh, it was snow, and you cannot play golf, so you literally put the clubs away and you know it's pointless. But that's almost the worst thing about golf, the fact that, like, in the UK, certainly around Manchester area, and the courses that I would play at, they're all boggy, they're not very great. Then you could have a day where it's nice, which in a way is good because yeah. you can play. But that's why you can't really almost like put it to bed. No. Do, you, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And also, you know, you might go on a on a golf holiday. You might go yeah. away or Spain or Tenerife or Dubai or whatever. I suppose a bit like that in Canada, it might be a bit harder because you can't really just send your canoe to LA or whatever. But, but I, I don't know that that canoeing world. But again, with like before with memberships, you're paying typically for yeah. a year's membership. Yeah. And often that's direct debit. So you literally play in October yeah. the 1st, it comes out November the 1st, December, and it could be 100 quid, it could be whatever. Which to most people, obviously, is a lot of money. Of course, it's £100 a month potentially what, as your membership and you can't the, play. I wonder what is the average like membership price per month, I, do you think? I, I don't know. I, I think it's between about 800 to 1,200 quid a year, I think roughly. Okay. But maybe, obviously, you can pay much more and yeah. you can pay much less. It's about 70 quid a month, roughly. Yeah, I'd guess so. But people can maybe comment below if you're watching this. Yeah. Um, how much you pay for membership. How much you pay for membership a year. But, but unless you, I mean, I Some, somebody's I'd, there a member at Queenswood and going, uh, I might not 45 say. million grand. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I, I, I've done it. <laughs> I've done it both ways. I paid for memberships before all in one. And the benefit of that is that it's paid. And you say if you do it in March and then it comes to October, it feels like ages ago. So I don't feel like I've paid. The downside is obviously you lose the lump sum. Benefit of paying monthly is it doesn't hurt as much. But then, like I said, you come to October, November, December. However, is that an incentive for you to go and play more? You think, I'm paying this month Possibly. 100 quid. Let's go and at least play twice or Possibly. once or whatever. Oh, it's closed. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's closed again. <laughs> oh, I can't play. I used to remember when I used to work in the pro shop and the course was closed. It was kind of a love-hate because the shop had to stay open. I'd sit there on my own for the best part of eight hours. Yeah. And it was like, there's nobody coming in so I can watch stuff on the laptop, I can go on Facebook, I can poke people on, maybe you poke on Facebook. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what, a, what a weird concept. And I could maybe have a little putting comp in the in the pro yeah, shop. Obviously. Drink a few LucasAids. Fill up the fridge. Yeah. And then have a couple of LucasAids and a Crunchy. But it was boring as well. Yeah. I'd prefer it to be busy. I, I prefer days because it went so much quicker. 100%. But the problem is in summer, we, I, I mean, the pro shop I worked at was like, in a, we opened at seven, didn't close till nine. Nine? Because yeah, it was a meal with like a resort and stuff. Oh my word. So it's like, re, we used to do splits, like mid splits. So we used to do either a seven till one or a one till nine. Um, I think that was about right. So yeah, seven to one or one till nine. And um, I mean, in the summer, it just went super, super busy. Cause it was, but in the winter, we weren't open till nine. I must admit, we shut earlier. But it was like, oh my god! You you might do like an eight till six in the winter. And it was like, oh my god! It's the longest day in the world. Yeah, that's grim. But anyway, um, that was a good riff. We riffed. So we, we talked about riffing there, which is a really good ten minute riff, five minute riff. I feel like we're so close to Matt Fryer ringing us back. Well, can, we can't really prolong the podcast just for Matt Fryer, can we? <laughs> Let me just see what he says. 
Can you, let me say, can you talk now? Now. <laughs> if you thinking, what, what's happened? Do I put it urgent? Do we used to pretend that we didn't like Matt Fryer? It was a bit of a... That's why I said it then. We can't wait for Matt Fryer, but we do really like Matt Fryer. This is also a mad one. I saw his dad... Adrian Fryer. The famous Fryer. The proper Fryer. Um, he's played golf for 45 years. Had no hole in one. Oh, my word. Zero. How mad is that? Now it's, young Matthews had three. It's mad, that, isn't it? Mm. Well, Matt was with me when I had mine. He gave me... Because he carried for me. He was a home, hole in one omen. Do you think yeah. you're ever going to get one on camera? Uh... We, I was super close the other day when I played that 18 holes, that first shot. Oh, in the dark. Oh, yeah. But, the, yeah. It's close, a foot away. No, um, no, I was going to say, would it count? Would it, would, would, that would, one did. Yeah, that, that first would, one did. Yeah, it would have. I didn't get any closer after that, so that one would have I done. do feel like if you got one, though, it, 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 obviously any hole in one that counts, counts, but it would be good if it was like in an actual round of 18. It was yeah. just, you know what yeah, I mean? Like there wasn't any, yeah, there was any weird caveat. Yeah. I feel like if I'm going to get one, also, it sounds ridiculous. Obviously, I'd want it on a sick hole where you can proper see it. Yes. Because imagine those ones where you're like, ah, did it go in? It looked good, but did it go in? Yeah, Do you know you what I mean? That, that match was perfect. It was, literally. How much would you, would you buy Matt Fryer's hole in one for 25 grand? Would I buy it for 25 so it was, grand? That was you in that place. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why that's funny. I knew you said, "Yeah, I'm gonna find it funny." Yeah, I'd buy. It, I'd buy it off him now for twenty five. Uh, can I ask him? Yeah, I reckon he'd sell it for twenty five grand. Is it like an NFT? Yeah. <laughs> no, but if that was so, you paid for that, and then you woke up and it was all forgotten about, and then you got onto the golf course. It might not have been that golf course, but you got onto a golf course. You had a hole in one like that, well filmed and everything. Yeah, I'd take it. Yeah, I'll take it. Yeah, I reckon nice. Matt would as well. He'd sign on dotted line for that. Are we waiting for Matt? Then or we're just gonna. Let me just say. Can you can you talk now? We it's could just urgent. pause the podcast and come back on when he's here, so the audience have to wait. Yeah, but what else are they doing? Stuck in traffic. People are either running, yeah, driving, yeah, in bed. Okay, well, with the lover, floaty boat. <laughs> when I get that feeling, I want sexual healing. Wow, <laughs> with me and Guy riffing in the background. Just we well, so just riff, just two riffers. I must admit, it uh, take your mind off the task in hand. Um, <laughs> a little spank as well for good measure. <laughs> he's not he's not he's not having it. Last try last try, and if he doesn't answer, we'll finish right, the okay. podcast. This is quite a good ending because it's quite like anticipation. He said he can talk at five past and it's currently three minutes past. Sounds really clear as well, that. I've just texted him saying it's urgent. You know what's gonna happen? We're gonna put the mics down on this on Hello. Oh, he's here. Hi Matt. Yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, it's really a... <laughs> li- live and direct. How did you know? Because I don't know. I've just got a fee with. Um, Audio sounds good. You, you only phone me for content. <laughs> um, I've got an offer for you. <laughs> Go on then. Can I buy you fa- holding one off you? Yeah, if you want. Twenty-five grand. No, no, it's not enough. Oh God. I was actually going to go lower then. Um, we've just been talking about it on the podcast. Can we use the? Can I ask him if we can use the nice. footage? Can we use the footage? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. We love Matt Fryer. It was worth the wait. Yeah. Um, that was that was. We're just talking about how it, we think it's the best hole in one um, we've ever seen on camera. It, yeah, it wasn't bad. I was just actually take that back. Take that back. We've, my, got, uh, we've also just said the one from Good Good Matt, the other Matt with a hole in one is probably slightly better, but yours is the best on a par three. Yeah. We'll, with a pitching wedge. With the pitching wedge. Best with a pitching wedge ever seen. accurate. Did you see the comment I sent you about the guy who said it was fake? 
Yeah, I, I saw that and I was like, well, if you actually watch the other screen, you see a bird fly by. And if you just use your common sense, you know it's the bird. It's a bit weird. How can somebody even like accuse it of being fake? I thought it was an eagle. Because there's, there's, uh, <laughs> there's some sad people out there, unfortunately. Weird. Anyway, congratulations. Yeah. Thanks for, Thank for you. En- ending our podcast. Uh, basically, it's just been like the Matt Fryer Love Appreciation podcast today. I appreciate it. Matt, can you hear me or not? Yeah, I can hear you now, yeah. That's the first and last time I ever text you because you've not replied, so we're done. <laughs> you didn't know I it was. was. I was coaching. Oh, I saw it. Enough. I thought, ah, oh, normally I would do, but not <laughs> But for me, he was like, okay. Of course he I'll did. Yeah, it's, it's rich. <laughs> well, well done for completing YouTube. Well in, Matt. Thank you. We'll see you soon. All Bye. Right, Bye. 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 Love you. Bye. Right, that was good. I, oh, I that was worth. That was yeah. That was worth waiting. Really was. <laughs> the audience will be the judge of that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to episode one hundred and three, and we'll see you next week. One hundred and four. That's how it works. That's how numbers work. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>